Welcome back to Just Tip Off, the NBA podcast that is gladly accepting the 59th and 60th overall picks in the NBA draft. Forfeited by yours truly, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Chicago Bulls. Well, they didn't need them. They didn't really want them. For violating rules governing free agency. Honestly, if that was the picks that they had to give up, I don't even know if it was. It was probably in the 30s or 40s or 50s. Yeah. But even then, who gives a shit? It... It doesn't even matter anyway. They got who they wanted. They got Lonzo. They got uh Well, to be to be honest, I'm not saying the Sixers couldn't use a little more depth. Maybe you know who knows. Well with their Maybe. their second round pick, you're right. They could yeah. they could pull out a Nikola Jokic from their ass. Yes, I, I agree they could. But I mean if if you've listened to this podcast, you're you're well informed on my stance of second round picks of like they don't matter. Because they you know, and I'm not very high on them. As a whole, but you never know. It never hurts to take the swings, but the track records have not been kind to second round picks. Yeah, I would say you, you, you have a better chance of being a good player in the NBA going drafted and signing with the Heat than you do getting drafted in the second round by literally any other franchise. <laughs> and the player, player development in the world. Um, I don't know. It was an interesting, but very entertaining draft. I would say, right? What did you were you entertained by it? I was. Uh, I actually was at the hospital working the night of the draft, so I mm. missed. I was keeping up with it on my phone, but I uh, I missed the thirty minute intro. <laughs> of the of of the, the fanfare, thirty minute fanfare that was the intro of drafts these days. I I even went on to the wrong. I went on to ABC, which was the very in depth. I missed um, Anthony Black getting drafted because I was watching ABC, and then they're like, they even had a segment like the announcers like, if you're looking for the live draft, go to ESPN. This is where we cover. The families and in depth of what's going on. Like, oh shit. So when this player was three years old, he it lost was all, his first tooth. They showed every person getting hugged, every single family member. They had a whole sit down conversation. It was one of those like, what are and we freaking doing? They, they need a they need a stream where because obviously the the main TNT ESPN the main broadcasters were carrying the draft. They are only allotted so much time to talk about each player because they have to stay on pace of the draft. So I like the idea of having a secondary stream which talks about the players, but let's not talk about what they did when they were in eighth grade. Let's talk about the fit that they're going to be for the team. Let's get some nerds. Yeah, let's get some draft some nerds in here. Coast draft nerds to put a from stream Dade, Ohio. Yeah, I don't care where you're from. Just to talk about fit and everything like that, you know, people who are real students of the game, maybe have a guy who watches more college basketball, maybe have a guy who watches more G League, maybe get a guy who watches overseas, you know, so you get a good variety because as we were talking about before we started recording this, five of the first seven picks were not college NCAA college basketball players. The the draft and the NBA as a whole is getting more diverse from where they're getting their players from and where athletes are choosing to go prior to the NBA. Now, you know, the it started kind of with the G League saying, hey, we can pay you. And then college players were like, yeah, let's go do that. Or high school players like, I want to go do that instead. Now with the NIL deal and the NCAA, 
I don't know. It's we'll any, anybody's ball. Anybody's we'll ball game. So, but obviously, I mean, if we want to talk about um, the Spurs trading the number one overall pick, wouldn't that have been something? What do you think? I mean, no, I didn't even see a single rumor. Nothing. You think there was even a shred of nothing doubt that they would trade that? No, no, not even a single phone call that was made. How many, okay, hypothetically, how many picks, future first round picks or players or whatever do you think the Spurs could have gotten? Whatever you for were that allowed, number one overall. Whatever you were allowed to. Or the max like, is? Yeah. Four, for, four future firsts, I think, is the max. Isn't, four, it, isn't it every other four future firsts every other year? Uh, like a swap, yeah. Yeah. And then if that is irrespective of draft capital, you would also have to draft, like, trade probably your star or an all star. Yeah. To them and take on whatever bad contracts they have. That's probably what you would have to do. You would have to fully bend me to try to see whatever you could do to get that that pick. But yeah. not even a single shred of an offer was, was floated to anybody, which I'm not surprised. Like, why even? Like, nobody would ever do that. Yeah. It's a superstar league, and yeah. it's hard to get superstars. There's a reason why people are trading for them because it is so hard to hit in the draft. And when you have a guy who is potentially, you know, in Victor Webinato, who is potentially this generational type player. I know we theoretically just had one a couple of years ago in Zion, but we've all seen how that's gone with the injuries. Um, and, you know, not to say, but I mean, I'm hoping a Zion figures out his injury issues, and I hope that Victor Wagnama stays injury-free, but, like, we're talking about two athletes that are, you know, not the norm. Zion was big and explosive, well. and there's documented history about tall people. Yeah. I mean, did you see that picture I sent you and Sam of Victor Wagnama standing next to Rudy Gobert and him being a solid three inches taller than Rudy Gobert? Actually, no, because you sent that as an HEC file, and I don't know why, but it just doesn't show up on my phone. Really? Yeah. Oh, I definitely just didn't mean to do that. Here, I'll show you. It was... I was like, there's no way. I think, like, he came in, like, the dude's, I mean, he's, I mean, he's a twig. He's a twig. He's going to have to, he's going to have to pull Giannis here. No, 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 no. He's even talked about people, the league's going to need to skinny up, which is interesting. The league's, so the league, the league's got to skinny up, you're saying. Which is agility, I would agree. One thing that did not go well for Anthony Davis was bulking up last year. And he tried to put on more muscle to be more, um, you know, robust, I would understand the mentality of it, but it just held him back. I think it really made him uh, vulnerable. So, yeah, I guess there's something to be said for that. Wow. Right? And that picture insane. He's, like, noticeably taller than Ricky Gobert. I mean, that, Fran that French international team, not a bad team nowadays. He, neither I is think the, they've officially listed him at 7'5". Yeah, neither is um, the Serbian team. He's the tallest NBA player. I think 7'6", 7'7", I could see. Wasn't Yao? No, 7'6". Yao was like the second. Uh, tied with Bol Bol, or Manute Bol, and then there was one other guy. It's like not Marjanovic. Not Boban? Not Boban Marjanovic, but it was like a Marjanovic. 
Steve can pull, pull that one. So he was foreign. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right for the bullet, but anyway, so for the NBA draft, it was known for, for a couple weeks, a couple months, that the uh, Spurs would have the first overall pick, and they picked Big Duemanyama, of course. Um, he is the next coming of, quote-unquote, the chosen one, or at least everyone's expectations to be the guy. So it's been almost pretty circular on this timetable that uh, we've gone from a, a Jordan to a LeBron, from a LeBron to a potential successor. It was supposed to be Zion, right? Uh, not since Zion had the hype been there, but with his injuries, quickly I think that dispelled the idea that he would be like LeBron, because LeBron, one of his many awesome attributes was his durability. So mm-hmm. that's... Yeah. An uphill battle for Victor. Your best ability is your availability. It is. It is. Um, It it is one of those things, too, that I think he's prepared for. And from the coverage that I've seen from the Brian Windhorst, like, reports and even his, like, uh, pregame warm-up ritual, he has this uh, routine where he walks on his hands and feet um, to try to strengthen his bare feet. And he's got this – he's been been trying to, to achieve this goal for damn near 10 years uh, since he was 14, so it's uh, interesting. It's it's going to be interesting. He's um, he's been uh, he's going he's gonna to be interesting to watch, so that was an obvious first pick that we all knew, um, but this is this this cast here today, we're going to be just talking about the rest of the uh, other non-victors yeah. and uh, where else they might be land, where they did land and how they might be uh, yeah. So the second yeah. the second pick was the Charlotte Hornets. Who, what do you think about this? What What did you think about this pick? So I knew that they were kind of between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson in the beginning. Brandon Miller being the best prospect out of the NCAA, very solid, good shooting, good defensive shooting forward um, from Alabama. Um, was a big part of Alabama's run in the NCAA tournament. And then you had Scoot Henderson from the G League Ignite. Um, a very solid point guard. Some people comping him to an early Derrick Rose, to an early Russell Westbrook, a John Morant type of explosive kind of point guard player. And so they decided to go with Brandon Miller, um, seeing in their eyes that they already have a point guard in LaMelo Ball, it would appear. Um, from what I'm seeing and reading is that they think Scoot Henderson probably has a higher ceiling. Brandon Miller, they said, felt more like a plug-and-play, will work on any roster, is going to be, have a solid NBA career, but might not reach the potential heights that Scoot Henderson does. And I think the NBA as a whole, un, very different from the NFL, where I think sometimes the NBA, you should just take best player available yeah. as opposed to fit. Partially because of how, A, few picks there are, but B, the the frequency in which these picks become role players versus starters versus superstars is significantly lower, I think, than the NFL. Obviously, there's more guys in the NFL roster. There's more chances to make a team. There's more teams in the NFL. Like, it, you know, I just, I feel like when you have 
a chance to take the best player available, you should. And we've seen teams do that. It's why the Sixers went Joel Embiid, Nerlens Noel, Joel Okafor. They took three straight centers three years in a row. Obviously, one of them worked out. The other two are, I don't even know. I, you say it worked out, but I think they really did the number on their culture, too. Like, you can't just do what they – but trust the process, I don't think, has really worked out. And it's it's really spiraling, too. And I, it's just such an uncertain yeah. – And I would say when you're at a certain point in your team, then drafting a best player available makes more sense for drafting for fit. For a team like the Charlotte Hornets, I'm kind of under the idea that you need to be drafting best player available because you have work to do. You there's you need a you need multiple pieces and drafting the best fit might not be the best thing. Your team, like you know, when the Warriors were trash that one year, they needed a center. And Wiseman at the time was got a, one of the best players are but also a good fit because the Warriors needed the center. Obviously, it did not work out, regardless of which draft strategy you would go with. But they already had a team in place, mm-hmm. and that would this was the, the 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 spot they needed. So for a team that's already eighty percent of the way there, then I totally get drafting for need. But when you're like the Hornets and you've had, you know. Your entire franchise has been a joke. As we're watching a Hornets video about them winning 14 games in one season, <laughs> like you can't afford to be like, "Well, this player is really going to fit well now." It's still a mellow ball. It's like I would, I think I would have taken Stu Henderson. Really, really, I don't know. I mean, for the Brandon Miller pick, it's one of those. It's, I, I'm it was the, it was the no, no, it was the Michael Jordan walking away. Here's the, I, I think, win or lose this pick was always destined to be the wrong pick. And it just it just was. It, it just was. Whether it be Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller, whatever this era was, or maybe, hey, if you're an optimist, I'm being a little cynical right now, every pick that Michael Jordan's made and or move that the Hornets have done has just, at best, equaled into mid-level mediocrity. So for this last pick that he made for Brandon Miller, which is his final thing, I think, that, that Michael Jordan got to do as the Hornets owner. I just think it's going to be more of the same. I really do. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what I think. Uh, Blazers. <laughs> Blazers. Blazers got Scoot Henderson, um, which puts, uh, you know, they drafted Shaden Sharp a year ago, so they got another guard. You have Anthony, Anthony Simons, so... I think this would beg the question, you know, because I know Lillard was really kind of, it sounded like Lillard was internally pushing them to trade the pick for maybe more assets because he wants to win a championship now, still likes Portland, didn't really want to be a part of a rebuild, and this pick kind of signals otherwise. So we could see Lillard on the move potentially. I know that's, you know, been about as hot of rumor as Bradley Beal has been on the move. Um you know, not the, you know, we're not the ringer over here, but, you know, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I feel like this, this kind of signals, and especially if, if Lillard does end up getting moved, that he, Portland is, Portland's headed towards the full-blown rebuild. I think we're on the verge. They've got uh, Shaden Sharp now 
Scoot Henderson, and Anthony Simons. They've got waiting in the wings. I think they're going to hold on to him. Damian Lillard, he's served his time. They did he just is... expect, extend Simons, too, recently. So. Oh, yes. Yeah, so Simons is locked in. Um, but Damian Lillard, he is – he served his time on the Jailblazers, and it's time for him <laughs> to uh, to move on. I think even the city of Portland is ready for him to go to where he needs to be to, to win a title quickly. Um, excellent, excellent offensive player. So, so good. Defensively, not great. Uh, but I think he could still make a difference on, in the right situation. And I think that's what needs to uh, maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll see something happen this, this offseason. But um, for the, the Blazers to get Scoot Henderson, I think that's a great backup plan in case – Case they do move up, Dan. Right. If they don't, I'm excited. Yeah. I'll, I'd love to see what how that could that could work together. Um, again, just for a developmental experiment, I don't think you're going to win the title with that backcourt. But whatever. Never know. I mean, you never. never know. It, it'd be fine. Um, four and five were the Thompson twins. Amen Thompson went four to the Rockets. Astor Thompson went. Five to the Pistons. Both play this uh, shooting forward position. Uh, most people are saying a little bit of a reach at the five for the second twin out of the Pistons. But a lot of people kind of like the playmaking ability um, of Amen Thompson. Just kind of be able to take it's in the passing ability. Be able to kind of take the pressure off of Jalen Green to kind of be the facilitator there. Because let's be honest, Jalen Green's not. Not a big passer. Yeah, I I feel like Jalen Green is kind of more in the round. I'm gonna put him in the category of like the Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook, John Morant. Not that those players don't pass because they do pass, but you know it's he's a, he's an he's an explosive point guard. He uses his athleticism um, to be effective. I think you know you know because obviously Westbrook had all the triple doubles and we've seen good passes from Morant, but I feel like. Type of player he is, he's not he's not a Chris Paul point guard, you know. <laughs> not your some. traditional, not um, your traditional. But he does have some pretty sweet, flashy passes. Yeah. Which so I, give I, the YouTube a look because yeah. overtime elite, where do you even watch that? Which is yeah. a funny thing to note that only one of the top five. I'm sorry, yeah, one of the top five uh, draft picks this year was from uh, the NCAA. So that was kind of an interesting uh, dynamic because Metropolitan '92, uh, um, a Euroleague team. Uh, NCAA from Alabama. And that's then, what's funny to me is that the first two NCAA picks were Alabama and Arkansas. Yeah. Not blue bloods by any means. At like, all. We're talking about, we're so talking about, we're talking about basketball teams that have kind of revived their programs. Oh, your in your the first last blue blood was technically Kentucky at 10. Right. Well, that's what that's what NIL and everything has kind of changed in college. But the landscape of college basketball, you know, and I, I could go on on college basketball tangent here for a while. But, you know, it's changed to where, you know, obviously the Blue Bloods are still good. You still have good players on those teams, but it's not the same. Like the top 10 picks are all coming from Duke, North Carolina, Kansas and Kentucky every year. It's different. You still get those guys. But it's just not the same as it once was, which I think is a good thing. Um, and I'd like to see more purity in college basketball, but that's that's me done with my college basketball page. <laughs> Get off your soapbox. I could go on for a while. So well, that does bring me to uh, we talked about the top five here. That does bring us to our second NCAA pick, which was Anthony Black, who I did not get to see actually get drafted. So I was watching the f- 
freaking wrong cast. Only played for Arkansas. Uh, that was the other we point. Of the, Arkansas on TV. Very rarely, very rarely. So I'm I'm hoping that we get a little bit more coverage availability for for whatever. If we have people who are going to be drafted, I'd like to see them play a little bit, not on YouTube, unless yeah. it's YouTube TV. The pick was interesting for me, a point guard to the Animal Magic. They've got a plethora. You have Markel Fultz, you drafted Jalen Sutton. Best available. Best available. True. You drafted Cole Anthony. Like, it was an interesting pick. And as I said earlier, I kind of agree with the best available pick. Um, it's just, that's a crowded backcourt. And I would argue no one's really, out of the ones who are already there, kind of, jumped out you know subs didn't come in and light the league on fire broke a finger or something kind of shown that he's a kind of more of a six-man type player undersized and we've you know we you know everyone knows what marco fultz is at this point do we do we yeah i think he's still got more to show he's been in his head for a good three years his first three years in the league and now he's just finally getting back to injury as well acl and now I think he's finally getting to a point where he's going to fit into the Orlando Magic. It is going to make his mental, I think, a little bit stressed by bringing in this new Anthony Black, but it'll be interesting. It will be. There's more to come. The whole free agency thing's going to happen. There's going to be some movement down south in Orlando. I'm sure of it. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, they're one of those teams that where, you know, you, it's a they got they got rid of Terrence Ross. And he was kind of the only young guy or older guy left on that team. So now it's a bunch of young guys. And, you know, you might as well just draft them all, get them all playing time and see what you got. Seems like they got a good one in Franz Wagner. Paul Bencaro. Um, Paul Bencaro showed two guys. So, yeah. And Bull Bull, don't forget about him. Three, <laughs> three four years later. Um, after the Magic was the uh, Indiana Pacers. And this is the first trade of the draft where they traded back to number eight, the Washington Wizards. So technically, this pick went to the Wizards. It was Bilal Kulabali of Metropolitan 92, who was the teammate of Victor Wimanyama, which was um, a little surprising because he had moved up draft boards closer to the draft, clearly. Um, yeah, but he wasn't really one of these highly touted guys for a long time. And I think after people really started to look outside of Victor, and he's like, obviously, if you don't have the number one pick, you're not going to be able to get him. But to see who else he had started out as a two-way guy on the uh, or like more of a practice team guy for Metropolitan 92 eventually made his way onto the starting team starting lineup and just dazzled and he's pretty young as well so I'm I'm excited to see him I'm going to yeah, keep an eye on him yeah it looks like a, a high risk high reward type of player as well people are saying and for the Wizards they are People should know they have an entirely new front office, or at least a new head of the snake, um, making decisions for this organization. So a lot of the picks you see now and the decisions made are really atypical for what you've seen in the past. So I'm not thumping for the for the Wizards, but I am taking notes because these they're making some pretty interesting moves. Um, they traded with the Pacers, who and, so, and they need a, a small forward, power forward position. They did trade Rui. So. They trade Rui. They got um, they lost out on Kyle Kuzma. I'm assuming they're. I mean, he's not going to stay in Washington. He's they're they're basically doing a full on. You wouldn't rebuild. think because he did opt out. You think he'd be able to get some money? Yeah, we'll see though. Um, but then so they they traded with the Pacers, who the Pacers obviously got it a little, got a little draft capital in return. I think it was a second round pick or something like that, a couple of picks maybe in the second round. 
probably still won't end up on a G League roster, but yeah. Exactly. And <laughs> so they ended up with the eighth pick, Jarris Walker, out of Houston. So a interesting move as well by the Pacers, but I think they were also in a limbo period. Last year was a um, experiment to see who they had in um, Tyrese Halliburton, who they traded for the year prior, um, putting around some of the veteran players they've had for years, like Miles Turner. They're just trying to see what they have. They also had, who was their other uh, shooting guard? Not Chris Duarte. Chris Duarte got some minutes, but he eventually fell out of the rotation. They had this other guy, Andrew Nemhard. Nemhard. I was, was going to say, I'm like, Buddy Hill. No, no. I mean, Buddy Hill, yes. He, <laughs> was, he was able to make some shots for him. But Andrew Nemhard, another young guy who they really wanted to. Had a Gonzaga, I believe. And Benedict Matherin. Don't forget about Ben Matherin. He was another young prospect that they were trying to develop quickly. So they've got a pretty young core with some, some veteran pieces around it going up yeah, in, in it'll Indiana. be interesting to see what they do with him because they did trade for Jalen Smith from the Suns I know Smith played the four primarily in college kind of played the four in Phoenix it'd be interesting to see if they slide into like the backup center role behind um Miles Turner but don't they still have Gogo Beyonce I don't know a little maybe a little little backup there at the power forward position and but you know Another shot on a young guy who is picked higher. I mean, it wasn't Jalen Smith was also picked pretty, maybe a little bit of a reach in his own draft. So, I don't know. People be reaching on power forwards these days. Uh, they do. They do. You're talking about your, um, um, Jabari Smith? Is that you mean? Jalen Smith. Oh, Jalen Smith for their for Phoenix? Yeah. Who's number 10? Close enough. 8, 10. I was thinking maybe Jabari Smith went to Houston. But anyway. No, he was a three pick, right? Um... I think he was number three last year. Adam Auburn. Yes. The uh, the number ninth pick of this year's draft was for the Jazz, who were elated to see that Taylor Hendricks of UCF fell to them, which was, um, if you follow some of the ESPN, uh, Ringer, um, NBC, like drafts, they had him pretty high. So Taylor Hendricks, three-point shooter at UCF. Um, can play defense with the best of them. Uh, your your prototypical three uh, and D guy for for the NBA, and, and maybe hopefully an interesting some... pick besides beside Markin in there. Um, yes, not that one of them can't slide over to the three, especially with the Jazz kind of having multiple roster spots open. It seems kind of you have a like Walker Kessler at the five, you got Markin at the three, maybe a THT THT at the three. I don't know, but. Um, there, there's rosters, there's there's spots opening on the Jazz. The Jazz are kind of now transitions to a uh, a, a team that's just a destination. Acquired, yeah, a, I mean they've got a lot of <laughs> ragtag guys, you know. I mean yeah, they've got a, a, a acquiring, acquiring but... people, and they got a lot, a lot of picks nowadays, don't they? <laughs> yeah, um, good next pick is the Oklahoma State Thunder to point guard Carson Wallace out of Kentucky. Case, oh, or Case, Case Wallace out of Kentucky. Who kind of took? But they traded. They had that was Uber. actually the Mavericks pick. True. Um. So they had traded up to, or traded the Mavericks had traded back to the Thunder, who had the 12th pick, uh, to take the 10th pick. The Thunder drafted uh, Kaysen Wallace out of Kentucky, a guard, um, who 
honestly, he took over he took over the point guard role for Kentucky coming down the stretch of last yes. season and it kinda helped turn their season around. It's a little interesting fit with SGA and Josh Giddy considering I, you're, you're considering about this in too too typical of a way. That's not how the Thunder draft do. They draft with the intent that just be competent in ball handling skills, be able to have size and defensive capabilities, because if you don't, that's the you just have to have the skill set and fit and team and shots and whoever's going to be the guy is not important to the Thunder. That is one of the things that, like, although Shakespeare Alexander is the guy, he doesn't give a shit. If it's Jalen Williams tonight, Jalen Williams, go off. If it's Josh Giddey's tonight, Josh Giddey, go off. Is it going to be Chet Williams this year? Or, sorry, Chet Holmgren oh this year? Gosh. Chet Holmgren, go off. Let's go. I, forgot, I forgot Chet Holmgren was even on this roster. They don't give a shit about who's got to take the shots. It's just, can you handle the ball? Can you distribute? And you play team basketball, and that's one of the beautiful things I love about this Thunder team that I can't wait to see this year. So no matter who they took, I knew that they were going to take a probably high IQ, ball-handling, capable player. Could be a guard, could be a freaking win. Who knows? But it would have been, I think, one of those two. So that's the top ten, um, and kind of the the bigger the bigger picks. So we can kind of just like go through. I do the lottery. Yeah, yeah. You just do the lottery. Okay, we'll do top fourteen, and then kind of go through what we like. Uh, Lando Magic to Jet Howard out of Michigan. Uh, a lot of people weren't the biggest fan. Another this. guard, right? He's a shooting guard who is an, a decent shooter, but is a pretty massive defensive liability, and most people didn't have him projected <laughs> till the end of the first round. So, potentially a little reach, but the Orlando Magic are in the favorable favorable position of not giving a fuck right now. Um, <laughs> They're just kind of just feeling yeah, it out, we'll man. we'll just take whoever. You know, it, it don't matter. No. And, yeah, so. Uh, after, after that, so that was the 11th pick. Uh, the 12th pick, which was traded by the Thunder. Other, other Thunder. They traded up to the 10th pick to the Mavericks, who then traded back and got a trade exception. I believe uh, Davis Bertans was in the trade deal. So they offloaded the contract of Davis Bertans to the Thunder, opening up a trade exemption, which, if you're not familiar with what a trade exemption is, if I'm going to trade Nathan a $20 million contract, but Nathan's only going to trade me back a $10 million contract, I would get a $10 million trade exemption because there was not equal terms Mm -hmm. trade. So by doing this, you trade out more assets than you in, than you you know take on. But that allows you to hold that in in the NBA. You can hold that in limbo for future opportunities. So you can now sign players under trade exemptions. So if I had a player who I had my eye on, who was worth ten million dollars, I could then sign that player. So that's kind of how trade exemptions work, which is what the um, Mavericks did by trading back to the twelfth pick, where Derek Lively out of Duke, the big man, was their pick. I like this CBS article. It says, when whoever Kyrie Irving is guarding blows right by him, now you have a shop blogger to clean it up. <laughs> I mean... I think it's a good pick for the Mavericks. I think they needed some center help. Um, so I see nothing wrong with this pick whatsoever. Um, Blue Blood College? Right? He, he the, had first some one, the first one. The first one. A little run here. A little run here. Because the Toronto Raptors take shooting small... Or shooting forward, small forward, whatever. Grady Dick out of Kansas. Okay, in my opinion, he's not a shooting forward. I think he's more of a shooting guard. I don't think he's that big. Pretty he much, he's D. He's the next, he he's the next Christian Brown. 
And I'm okay. not just saying okay. that because it's a white guy. Oh, wow. White guy comparison. Look at you, bud. Wow. But, really going outside the color and outside yeah, lines yeah, here, yeah. huh? But, you know, I think, I think, I think Grady Dick was a pick where no matter what team got him, they're going to be happy. It's going to give him some shooting um, depth. And frankly, you can never have too much of that. And I think that's something the Toronto Raptors can use. So I do think this is a good pick. I think they also got to pick the next guy. Jordan Hawkins out of UConn went to the Hornets at, or the, sorry, the Pelicans at 14. Um, had kind of a rough start to his college season because he was injured. He had some injuries, but really show showed off in UConn's title run. Yeah, was just a great shooter. I think di- didn't really get a chance to show his full potential in college. Um, but I think he played within the system. I, I yes, remember I seeing. Think, that I, I think it's a great pick. It, it was. And, uh, He's a little small, a little small, a little thinner, but the league has shown that you can buffer. you can bulk up if yeah. you needed to be. Um, but I think this is a good pick for New Orleans. I think gives them some more, another shooting option, um, kind of around their their bigs who don't really shoot, kind of three through four. Um, since they got rid of Josh Hart, Herb Jones is an okay shooter, but they're kind of leaving yeah, a lot of that shooting Brandon to, uh, Ingram, who's the yeah, they're kind of leaving guy. a lot of that shooting to Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum. So I think this really helps yeah. the Pelicans. And then, uh, finally wrapping it up on the 15th pick, uh, we got the Hawks. They drafted Kobe Bufkin, another Michigan grad, or not Michigan grad, a guy out of Michigan, I should say. Um, which was interesting because I'm pretty sure I thought he was highly, more highly touted than... Um, Jed Howard, his teammate. I would agree. I think I think that was the general consensus from most people as well. Um, which shooting guard? I mean, I think the Hawks are Hawks are they got they got some depth there. I mean, yeah. for sure with Kevin Herter and um Bogdanovich and all them. So I mean, I don't think it's a bad pick. I think I think at this point they're look again looking for best player available because they just kind of need to. They've got pieces on the roster. They just got to find which pieces all work well. So I don't think it's a bad pick at all. I'm kind of going through the rest of the draft. A couple picks I like. I like Hamie Hawkins from UCLA to the Miami Heat because he was, he feels like a very Heat player to me. You know, no bullshit can kind of kind of a grinder. And I talk about him being the UCLA's culture. Heat culture guy right there. <laughs> I think that's a good pick. The Houston Rockets made the safest pick in the draft. And, yes, that is safer over Victor Webanyama because they took a player from Villanova. <laughs> Cam Whitmore. And that just – And number that, 20. Yeah, that just works out. There were some potential injury um, issues, I think, some medical concerns. But if those are clear and no issues, this is a great pickup for Houston. Um and in three years, he might be with the Knicks because that's what Jalen Brunson's doing right now. He's forming vanilla, uh, Villanova alumni team in New York right now, <laughs> in case anyone hasn't been uh, noticing. Um, just kind of going through. Other notable names that might, uh, might stand out for you would be a... Again, that after Cam Whitmore at 20, that was the last large name top 10 uh name in the draft but then from previous years from like out of high school recruits there was in the um early second round uh james Najee, uh who was out of sc barcelona um we also have a 
Uh, let's see here. Amani Bates, number 49 former, to the Cavs. Former number one overall high school prospect. It'll be kind of interesting to see how he fits in. Um, maybe a reserve guard position. Um, you've got Jalen Wilson, a two-time national champ at Kansas. Um, great college player. Going to give Keontae Brooklyn Johnson, some... man, right before him to the Thunder. Yeah, yeah. I out of Kansas yeah, State. Not a, not a bad pick. You had. I mean, we got to talk about the Phoenix Suns take and steal a draft to Monty Kamara from the University of Dayton. Honestly. We can't just ignore that. But all seriousness aside, I do think Kamara has a chance to. Um, to make this roster because I think the Suns' depth was so bad last year, and especially down the road to playoffs. The people that, yeah. And, and you know, when free agency hits, it, you know, who knows what it's going to look like after that. So I think I think if he can kind of improve some of his shooting, I think he's a, even he's a 6'9 hustle guy. Like, he gets boards. He out-rebounded someone who was, like, three-inch tall of him on Dayton's roster. He's a hustle guy. He's a good defender, can guard multiple positions. I think he has a chance to make this roster. I really do. Um, uh, Keegan Murray's brother, Chris Murray, got taken. Yeah. One pick ahead of the Kings. The Kings could have had both Murray brothers. Uh. Uh, very similar players. Keegan, um, a little bit um, more polished than his brother. Um, but you know, not not a not a horrible grab there by um oh shoot who got him. It was it was in the middle of the middle to end of the first round. Kind of forget who picked him up. Uh, uh Portland did. Ah. So he, he's he's gonna be a solid guy. Um nothing crazy though. I would say there there's not a no one really fell. I would say, like, no one bowl bowled this draft and went from, like, the green room to barely getting drafted at all. And I think we kind of covered the bigger surprise was um, was Jet Howard getting picked from Orlando. But is there anyone else that kind of stands out to you in this draft? I know... Um, as a surprise, Bilal Koulibaly, he was kind of not really on my radar as someone who's going to be the top 10 guy, but he came through pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um I think the Trace Jackson Davis pick is a little interesting for Golden State. Not really known for his shooting, but was a really, really good college player. I'm not kind of sure. I don't know if they're really, really good. Like he was good. I think he was, he was one of the best players in the Big Ten. It, it'll be interesting. Good. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know how the Warriors are going to use him. Um, and he was even in their first pick. Like they they drafted Brandon uh, Brandon. Uh, Podzemski before him out of Santa Clara. He's the smarter, taller, big guy. Which they could use. They could. I feel like they always have a rotating cast of centers there in in Golden State. But that's kind of that's kind of all I've got. I said my, my knowledge of the draft has decreased relatively in the last couple of years as more and more guys don't play college basketball because I just don't watch G League Ignite games, don't watch a lot of international they've gotta, games. They've got to make it more accessible, honestly. I think that's what really needs to happen. All right, drop the GPA standard again. Come on, guys. What are we doing here? 2-0. It's all you need to be eligible. <laughs> I think it is 2-0, though, which is kind of sad, to yeah. be honest. Yikes. <laughs> um, but Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. 
listen, these guys are here to play football and not play school, right? <laughs> Cardell Jones. <laughs> oh. Well, in that, I think that does it for us. So until next time.